0: Church, are you all ready for worship today? Come on and just rise up on your feet and get a praise on your lips. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Come on.
1: Hey.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, I know y'all know it. Let's sing it. Here we go. Wandering into the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul Cause it's vagabond And I try with all my might But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond, yeah, yeah, yeah And just when I ran And I cannot deny what I've seen, I got no choice but to believe, my doubts are burning, like ashes in the wind, oh yeah, yeah, so, so long to my old friends, that burden and bitterness, so oh, you can keep it moving, yeah, oh you ain't woke. Streets of gold, I'll see of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found his way back home. Oh, oh, oh. And he, he placed my feet. See a clap, Let see a clap, go. Sing, I thank God, you say! I thank God! Yeah, 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 yeah! Here we go, I want y'all to sing it with me! Hell lost another one, I am free! Yes, I am free! I am free! Hell, lost another one, I am free! Oh, I am free! I am free, you say! Hell, lost another one! I am free. Oh yeah, I am free. Almost no one but I, I am. am. Gotta get up, get up out of that grave. Oh yeah, yeah. Get up out of that grave. Oh, you gotta get up out of that. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. You gotta get up out of. Sing, get up out of that grave. Oh, sing, get up, get up, get up. Oh, get up out of that grave. You gotta get up, get up out of that. Get up out of that depression. Get up out of anxiety. Get up out of that grave. Yeah! master. I thank i think I thank God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, I thank God. You say this morning. Can we lift our hands and worship all over the room? Come on, lift your hands and say, I'm thankful, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Never seen the righteous forsaken, no, no.
3: Christ is my
2: third foundation. He's the rock on which I and everything around me is shaded. I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus Cause he's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't
0: I'm safe. I'm safe with you, Lord, yeah. And I'm gonna make it through. The rain came with Come on, let's just sing that out. Come on, sing. I'm safe with you, Lord, yeah. Say, I'm gonna we can be glad today. Even when things are going wrong, we can still rejoice because we put our faith and we put our trust in Jesus. And he's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody bless them. and the wind blew but you wasn't shaken you wasn't moved your feet were planted firm on that solid rock who is Jesus Christ he's worthy come on somebody bless him in here oh God you are worthy you are worthy of all of the glory we bless you we thank you today oh God we thank you for being that solid rock that solid foundation that we can trust oh God I thank you for being the constant in my life, when everything around me is shaken, Oh God, you are the one thing that remains constant. And you are worthy, God. Come on, somebody just lift your hands and fill this room with worship. God, you are worthy. Come on, fill this house with your worship. Bless the name of the Lord. Father, you are worthy, we give you the glory. you So I could live in the freedom you died for. And now my life is yours. And I will sing of your goodness forevermore. Jesus. Worthy is your name.
4: able please go ahead and be seated amen thank you converge worship amen amen good morning morning. welcome to converge live thank you so much for joining us here in person at 1611 wilmeth road and thank you converge nation our online virtual family for joining us via live stream if this is your first time here at converge we want to greet you and welcome you and thank you for joining us. We also ask that you would just uh, take a a little time to scan the QR code on screen. We want to collect a bit of information from you, not to be nosy, not to be invasive, but we want to connect with you. We also ask if this is your first time that you would stop by the Welcome Center at the end of our worship experience and connect with our pastors. They want to be able to put a name to your beautiful faces and to thank you in person for joining us today, amen? Amen. Also, guys, we have a lot that's coming up. We have a lot that's going on. We have a lot that God is doing in and through Converge. And so we want you to be a part of that. And the best way for you guys to stay connected and know everything that's happening is to connect with us on our social media platforms. You'll see everything on screen. We ask that you would like our pages, subscribe, and take advantage of the great content that we have available. But we want you to join us in some of what God is doing here at Converge. We want to also let you know that our students, Converge students, meets every second and fourth Sunday at 10 a.m. over in The Verge. Yes, thank you. So if you have a 6th through 8th grader in middle school or a ninth through 12th grader, please encourage them to join our student leadership team and our students over in The Verge every second and fourth Sunday at 10 a.m. We also have a lot of things happening next weekend. So everybody say next weekend. weekend. One more time Next next weekend. Pastor Jesse likes things in threes. So next weekend. Thank you. Next weekend is our back to school weekend and we are kicking it off. Yes, thank you. First and foremost with our backpack to school outreach, our backpack to school outreach with in connection with uh, above all things and also a health fair. So to be a part of the backpack drive, You can do one of two things. You can either donate or serve. We'll have some information about the serving, but we have two size backpacks that we are pre-filling to provide to students here in the McKinney area and surrounding communities. The first is a smaller backpack, it's 15 inches, and it's not $4.95, and the second backpack is a, big, a bit bigger, it's 17 inches and it's $7. You can give online at uh, www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. We are encouraging everyone to please give in multiples of $5 or $7. It makes it easier when we are purchasing these backpacks and it just streamlines things a bit. So that's the first part of how you can help the second part is we're also having a health fair and again this is in partnership with above all things we will be having some sports physicals for our youth we will be also having some haircuts we'll have some stylists to come do some hair braiding Uh, so there should be information on the screen and QR codes if you would need to register because for both the physicals and the hairstylist we do require that you register in advance to be served so scan those QR codes if you need to register but then Guys here at Converge, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and we also thank you so much. We invite you to come and serve the community with us. It's going to be a big weekend. Some of us are arriving at 7. We'll be here as late as 3, 3.30, but we're just asking that you would register for at least one shift. And if you scan the QR code on screen, it'll take you to where we can sign up and register. And you guys can come out, be a blessing. It'll have all the details on the times, all that good stuff. But come out and connect with us next Saturday, August 5th, right here at Converge to serve the community. Amen. Amen. We also want to make you aware that next Sunday we have two things going on. The first is it is the kickoff of our five weeks of Sunday days. We do like to have fun here at Converge. Because it's back to school weekend, our theme next next week and next Sunday is rep your, rep your school or rep your alma mater. So if you are at McKinney Boyd High School, you've got a McKinney Boyd t-shirt or something, come out and wear that, or whatever school or college you've graduated from, rep your school. Come out and have fun with us. We also want to make you aware that the following Sunday, we'll give you a sneak peek. It's going to be Motown versus Death Jam, depending upon the era that you are in. Motown versus Def Jam. I'm right on the cusp of each but I lean more a little bit to the Def Jam side even though I am saved. So come dressed in whatever air. If you got the afro I think Dexter has a soul glow wig that y'all might see him in that Sunday but we want to have fun come decked out in the era of your choosing, Motown versus Def Jam. But we're also going to have a friendly little competition in Motown versus Def Jam. So we are using that weekend to also help raise funds for benevolence, just like we bless the community. We have families in need here at Converge, and so we will be raising funds, and if you're going to be a part of Motown, your Team Motown or Team Jeff, Def Jam, however you choose to give, select that designation, and on that Sunday, August 13th, we are going to announce, did Team Motown come in strong, or was it Team Def Jam? I'm, again, a little bit on the side of Team Def Jam. So, Come on, friendly competition, but we're going to be a blessing because that is what we have been blessed to do is be a blessing. Amen? Amen? Amen. Last thing, Sunday, August 6th, also kicks off our God on Film Sermon Series. This is where we take those summer blockbusters and we look for God in places that other people might not. We'll find some nuggets of wisdom, some truths in God's word and see how we can take those films and apply those messages to our life using the word of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for your attention. Pastor Jesse.
3: Amen. Thank you so much, Andrea. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Converge Church. Thank you so much for coming. We are so glad that you're here. This morning, uh, the phrase in my heart, I think, in my spirit was, just in case you didn't know, I want to remind you, he's worthy. Let me say it again. He is worthy. He is worthy. I thank God this morning that we all understand how worthy the Lord Jesus is. And we just want to say thank you so much again for all that you do here at Converge Church. Today we get to honor the Lord God with everything that we own. We get to bring here our best and our very best. And we're so thankful that we get an opportunity to do that. Let me just share one thing. We have been so fortunate to be able to bless our community in so many different ways. And that's because of the giving that you do here at Converge Church. So we want to encourage you to continue to give, especially even more so, to our benevolence funds because we are able to help others and that's what we're all about we're all about community and Jesus was about that as well and so thank you so much for all that you have done and we're asking that you continue to do that and help us to be a blessing to our community amen amen well if you need an envelope please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one remember to fill your envelope out in its entirety so that we might read it Thank you so much. Everything, especially if you want to communicate your email to us, please put your email on there as well. You can also give by texting 77977. Please text GIVE and the dollar amount, and you can give that way. You can also give by going online to weareconverged.com, and you can give that way, and you can give by downloading our app and clicking on the icon GIVE. And don't forget, if you have a Cash App account, or if you have a Zelle account, or if you have Zelle, you can also give that way as well. We're so thankful for you, we appreciate all that you do, and we're just believing that God will in fact use Converge Church as his instrument here in our community. Let us bow our heads and let's thank God. Heavenly Father, you've always been good to us and kind to us, and so we thank you. And God, we wanna say that we understand and we recognize that you are worthy. Worthy of all the glory. Worthy of all the honor. Worthy of all the praise. And so we thank you this morning for blessing us to have the skill and the ability to work and to get wealth. God, you prosper us. And so we're believing, God, that we're going to honor you with how you've prospered us. With the first fruits of our gifts. Father, we thank you today. We bless the people today. We receive this service today in your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God.
5: Yeah. to serve yeah. your people. Yeah. Father, your word says, show me your faith by yeah. your works. Yeah. So, Father, it's one thing for us to say we believe, but, mm. Father, it's something entirely different and better to demonstrate what we believe. Yeah. Father, today we choose to assume the posture of being the hands and knees mm. Mm. of Jesus extended to our community. And Father, help us Hallelujah. love the people well. Help yeah. us to serve them well. Help us to restore
3: dignity. Mm. Mm. Father, the word says that you are our glory and the lifting of our heads. Yeah. So
5: today, Father, with what we give, whether it's diapers or a backpack, whether it's school supplies or tools Father, mm. we thank,
4: thank you that Father, God, these
5: acts of generosity, mm. we are lifting the heads of your people, restoring mm. dignity yeah. Yeah. and serving them Mm-hmm. Father, I thank
1: you for the in this moment that today we believe
5: that the tower is so much
1: greater than the mm. titan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So mm. so that's like, right, Jesus. Thank you. Lord. Take our figuratively, and Jesus. wash your people's feet. Yeah. Yeah. Wash the the yeah. and may the people experience the tangible love of our Savior Jesus. These absent Amen.
5: Well, good morning, Converge Nation. Listen, I love the excitement. You guys are ready for the word. And as you know, we are sticklers for the word here at Converge Church. Uh, Once again, we want to say good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We are super excited about all that God is doing right here at Converge Church. Listen, you just saw a recap of what God did this congregation. In fact, you may have noticed the brick walls and the Preston Trail sign. Uh, Even before we closed on this building in August of last year, we were already serving this community. In a very significant way. Uh, just under 250 families were served. Uh, we, we distributed over 450 backpacks. We had about 25 backpacks that we sent to West Texas to a church that heard about what we were doing. And there were families in their church in West Texas who benefited from your generosity and your kindness. Listen, Converge Nation, we're going to run that back. Next Saturday, right here. At 1611, Wilmoth Road, the home of Converge Church. Not only that, we've added a health fair that will serve several families. Again, the QR code was on the screen. We encourage you to sign up for one of the time slots. You may not be able to be here all day, but we encourage you to take out some time to serve someone on August 6th. Notice the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, where he said, if you've done it in as much as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, guess what, Converge? You've done it up to him. Are you with me?
3: So imagine Jesus said, hey, I'm going to show
5: up at Converge Church next Saturday. Most of us would make make it a priority to be here. Essentially what Jesus is saying that when we serve the hurting and meet the needs of the underserved in our community, it's as if we were doing it for him and to him. So we encourage you uh, to be a part of what God is doing right here through uh, our partnership, our collaboration with Above All Things. Speaking of that, speaking of that, uh, this is a shameless plug for our outreach team, our missions team. Uh, this is just not an annual thing that we do. We have a team of servant leaders that go out. Uh, t ross is it weekly or just about? You guys are somewhere serving almost every week, if not every week. Uh, but one of the, the, the partners that we have in addition to Above All Things is Streetside Shopping. Showers, led by my friend Lance Alinsky. They provide showers for our brothers and sisters experiencing homelessness right here in the city of McKinney. And homelessness right here in our city, in our own backyard, has become uh, 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 a major, major concern and a major issue. And through a street-sized showers, they provide an opportunity for people not only to come and get a shower, but also to get a clean set of clothes week week. Uh, we were up to bat this past Saturday, and uh, our missions team showed up, and typically uh, when an organization or a group of people uh, sign up uh, to, to serve the meals, typically it's sandwiches, but listen, T-Roz and the team is like, listen, we're going to take it up a couple notches. So they made and served homemade Everything, homemade enchiladas, homemade uh, red beans. Uh, No, not red beans, that's Creole. Come on, somebody. Uh, 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 Y'all know what I mean. Uh, Salsa and chips and everything else. And I think we've got some pictures uh, from that event, our our I Serve team. Uh, And I think right at 50 people were served. But in addition to serving that hot meal, that hot homemade meal, we also have the awesome privilege of sending them home with brown bags with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and snacks to sustain them over the next couple of days. Listen to me, this too is the gospel. And here at Converge Church, uh, we like to say it this way because it's one of our core values. It informs how we serve and how we lead. That at Converge, everybody does the dishes. And not only that, we embrace towels over titles. He said, Pastor, what are we talking about? Just as Jesus got down and washed his disciples' feet, guess what, we do that too. The titles are secondary to our willingness to pick up towels and serve one another. And so when you see this, it's not just something we do occasionally, it is in fact who God has called and created our church to be, amen? Because this too is the gospel. Well, like um, uh, uh, Andrea rightly said, this is our series finale. Listen, all good things must come to an end. I feel like Wanye Morris, and boys to men. So we've come, listen, to the end of the road. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> I need to. <laughs> Pastor Whitney said, I need to unbutton this. <laughs> Over the last nine weeks, we've been uh, taking this walk through the produce aisle of Galatians chapter 5, and we've discovered that it is God's desire, God's will, not only for us to walk in the charisma of God, the power of God, and the giftings of God, which is in fact the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer, God also wants us to walk in Christ-like character. If we're not careful, we'll allow our charisma to take us places our character can't keep us. Because the truth is, it's not about how loud you shout when you're shouting. It's not about how loud you sing when you're singing. It's not about how high you jump when you're jumping. Listen to me. It ought to be about how straight you walk when you're walking. And the ability to walk and to live a life that honors Christ only comes through a deep abiding work of the Holy Spirit. So we want both. We want the charisma that comes with the power of the Holy Spirit, but we also want the character and the integrity that comes when the Holy Spirit lives big on the inside of us. And that's what we've been talking about. The reason this is important, as we close especially, is because Paul writes to the church in Galatia and he begins to make this list of what Christ-like character looks like. When the Spirit of God is at work in us, there ought to be evidence on the outside. In fact, the Scripture says that they will know us by the fruit that we bear. And then uh, Paul makes this short list of these nine fruits, or these nine expressions of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer when we're truly connected to the source. He begins with love, but he ends with self-control. Meaning, sandwiched between love and self-control are the seven other fruit that we bear when we abide in Him. In fact, I like to think of I like to think of the fruit of the Spirit a lot like uh, these books I pulled off of my bookshelf uh, in my office here at the church. The truth is love and self-control are a lot like bookends because without love and without self-control, you will have a difficult time. Oh Lord, it didn't work the way I planned it. (laughs) Bearing the other fruit. Without self-control, it's real hard to be patient. Without self-control, it's real hard to walk in the peace of God. And without love, it's real hard to be a conduit of God's joy. And so as we close out this series, we're going to examine what the scriptures have to say about this virtue, this work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer called Self-control that holds all the other virtues together like a bookend along with love. Are y'all ready for this? I'm going to step on a couple of corns and a few bunions while I'm at it. Maybe even my own. Are y'all ready? Let's look at our anchor text, which is lifted from Galatians chapter number 5. For those of you who have been on this journey with us, you are familiar with our anchor text. And as you know, we are sticklers for the Word here at Converge Church. It informs everything that we do. Notice what Paul writes to the church in Galatia. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is first love, then joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness and goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control and against such there is no law. The reason I love this text is what one of the discoveries that I've made in my own life is that the measure of my character is not how faithfully I follow Jesus, but how I treat Judas. Jesus is easy to love but it requires both love and self-control to love somebody, to serve somebody, to forgive somebody, to embrace somebody who betrayed you. We're gonna get deep into this. Are y'all ready for this? I'm talking about self-control. I'm talking about Christ-like character. I'm talking about walking in the footsteps of Jesus. I'm talking about self-control which is the ability not to exercise every right that you have. I'm talking about pushing back against what culture suggests. Well, if it feels good, do it. It's your body, you can do what you want to. I'm talking about the information and the suggestions that culture has made where we just kind of go with the flow. And we've lost All sent a sense of restraint and constraint. Yet the work of the Holy Spirit in us will cause us to exercise self-control. Psychology Today, in a recent article, defined uh, self-control as the ability. Listen to me. The ability to manage one's impulses. Hey! The ability to manage one's impulses. The ability to manage one's emotions and behaviors to achieve a long-term goal. The problem with most people today is they're too short-sighted. They can't see beyond what's directly in front of them. And as a result, they cast off all restraint and make an exchange. Listen to me. We exchange and sacrifice what is ultimate for what is immediate. Am I talking to the right room this morning? We exchange. Listen to me. I want you to hear this loud and clear. We exchange what we want most for what we want now. And we make short-term decisions that have long-term consequences. Because we lack self-control. And we have lost the ability to see beyond what is right in front of us. And as a result of it, we have sacrificed and mortgaged our future because of what's right in front of us. Esau. What is this birthright to me? The double portion that was his as the firstborn son of Jacob, he mortgaged and sacrificed over a bowl of soup. One meal cost him his entire future. For those of you who think that Jacob de- uh, uh, Jacob deceived Esau, go back and read the text. There was absolutely nothing deceptive about what Jacob offered his brother. His brother said, "I'm hungry." I want some of that soup. And his brother said, this soup that I made, is going to cost you your birthright. If Jacob was guilty of anything, he wasn't guilty of deception. He was guilty of being a predatory lender. Come on, Ace Cash Express. Now listen to me. Esau could have said, You crazy. He could have renegotiated the terms of that transaction. He could have said for my birthright, you're gonna feed me for the rest of my life. Not only that, listen to me, he exaggerated his circumstances. And when you can't see beyond where you are now, you will inevitably exaggerate your circumstances. Because Esau said, what is this birthright to me seeing that I'm about to die? Was he really about to die? Even if Jacob said, insisted, you can't have none of this soup, this venison, unless you give me your birthright. Esau could have walked down to his mama's house. And she would have cooked for him. Notice what Esau said. Or what the scripture says. It says, thus Esau despised his birthright. There's nowhere in the text, in that interaction and that exchange, where the scripture says, and thus Jacob deceived his brother. The problem wasn't with Jacob. Because Jacob saw something that his brother had no appreciation for. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You see, it's human nature to want to empathize and sympathize with Esau. And pastors have taught this for decades that Jacob was a bad guy. Yet the scripture says, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I despised. That's God speaking. Because Esau didn't value what he had. In fact, if you were to put the two of them on a scale, Esau had every advantage as the firstborn. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And if we don't have self-control, and if we are unable to manage our, our impulses, if we're unable to manage our emotions, and if we're unable to manage our behaviors, we will sabotage the plan and the purpose that God has for our lives. because it is the ability to manage my impulses, my proclivities, my dispositions, my bents, because I have something more important in mind. Isn't that hard? In a microwave society, where everything is instant. Self-control. The Lord wants to help us this morning. The Lord wants to help us this morning. I will reiterate what I just said. Without self-control, you will sacrifice what is ultimate on the altar of the immediate. Without self-control, you will forfeit what you want most in pursuit of what you want now. You say you want to be married. But you give the best of who you are to the first God that comes along. And then he moves on to the next one, and then she moves on to the next one. And because you have no self-control, you are giving the best of who you are with no commitment, and you are sacrificing God's ultimate on the altar of the immediate. It meets a need now. Why wait? Have you ever been to the store (laughs) and you pulled out your credit card to buy something you had no business buying? (laughs) Remember that thought that went through your mind as you were about to swipe the card? Oh, we'll figure this out later. And some of us in this room right now, we still pay an interest on that pizza you ordered four years ago in college. 25.999% APR. Self-control. We haven't developed the ability to push back against the things that are comfortable and convenient. Because they satisfy a need now. Now let me let me let me emphasize why this is important. The reason this is important for all of us today, and I tease y'all sometimes, and I say this even for myself this morning, just stop thinking about all the people this message is for. <laughs> this message this morning, this message is one that we should all personalize and internalize because we all have impulses that don't honor God without self-control. We all have emotions, listen to me, we have emotions that are toxic that don't honor God. Whether it's envy or jealousy, whether it's anger or conceit and we all have behaviors that do not honor God. This message is for all of us, including your pastor. Why? Because the hardest person you will ever lead is yourself. The hardest form of leadership is self-leadership. And the reason it's so hard is because We judge everybody else by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. And we have a way, it's uncanny, human nature, how we have a way of giving ourselves a hall pass. Yet the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse verse 28, whoever has no rule over their spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Without self-control, in kingdom economy, you are a person with great treasure with no protection. Susceptible to attack. No defense. And may I submit to you that this is not just a phenomenon that occurs in adulthood. In fact, this is something that the enemy, being who he is, Who doesn't fight fair, just in case you were wondering, has had a plan against your life from your inception. And what the enemy does is he perverts in infancy the things that God wants to make purposeful in maturity. You're not listening to what I'm saying. The enemy will pervert in infancy, early on in your life, the things that God intended to use purposefully in maturity. That's why those of us in the room who want to be honest are still wrestling with demons we encountered. Early on in life. God wants to help us this morning. It was the work of the enemy from the very beginning. And that's why we say it all the time here at Converge. Your environment matters because your environment will determine what you're exposed to. And what you're exposed to will determine your experiences. And your experiences will determine your expectations in life, good or bad. Your expectations of God, of yourself, and of others. I'm talking about the enemy's wounds early. And now you find yourself in adulthood. And you think about me. How do I get over this? How do I find victory over these things that I have wrestled with my entire life, these impulses, these emotions, and these behaviors? The good news is this morning that while it is true that the, the hardest form of leadership is self-leadership, the good news is that we have divine help when we feel helpless. Are you with me? The scripture says that the Holy Spirit, and we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, when we are connected to Him. I did this a couple of weeks ago, and the only reason this light is on is because this light is connected to the source. Only reason. Only reason these lights are on. It's because they're connected to the source. And most of us try to go through life without staying staying connected to the source of our help. And instead of getting plugged in, we try to change the bulb. I don't care how many times you change the bulb in this lamp or lantern. This light ain't coming on until it reconnects to the source. You and I have divine help from God when we feel helpless. In fact, the Holy Spirit's name is Parakletos, which means helper. In the Amplified, it carries the idea of seven things that the Holy Spirit does to help the believer. John chapter 14 and verse 16. You have divine help. I have divine help when I feel helpless, when I feel overwhelmed. John 14 and 16, these are the words of Jesus. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Here it is. He's not only our comforter, but the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He's our helper. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's our strengthener, and he's our standby that we may remain with him forever. Listen to me. In the times when you feel helpless, when it feels like the lights are off, it's because you've disconnected from the source. Your helper, your comforter, your strengthener. Notice what it calls him, your standby. He's just waiting to help us. There is absolutely nothing that God expects of us that he doesn't also give us the power to do. So when he says that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, what he's saying is, I will give you the ability to exercise self-control in every area of your life, over your impulses, over your emotions, and over your behaviors. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? Familiar verse of Scripture to most? From 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul is writing a second letter to his protege, Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor in the city of Ephesus, and naturally he's dealing with great insecurities because the church is really a brand new movement. In fact, most people consider the cult, I mean the church, in those days a cult because the primary religion was either Judaism or Greek philosophy. All of a sudden, here comes this emerging belief system And they set up a church in Ephesus, and then Paul puts a young pastor in place. And not only in 1 Timothy does Paul address this, but again, in 2 Timothy, he begins to address Timothy's greatest struggle. Because he's a young pastor of a growing church who is dealing with his insecurities. And notice what Paul writes. Paul writes to his protege, his mentee Timothy in 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 he says, God has not, listen to me, God, somebody needs to hear this this morning. God has not given you a spirit of fear. If fear is your struggle, it didn't come from God. Regardless of what your phobia is, Don't embrace it. Do not own it. In Africa, we say return to sender. I hear people all the time talk about it. My anxiety. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because anxiety is just another form of fear. You're anxious about something you anticipate will happen. It didn't come from God. Read it again. Put the text up there. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And if you choose to embrace fear in any of its manifestations, you are choosing something that has not come from your God. Fear is not your future. This is not new. It's not original with me. You've heard it said before that fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is false evidence appearing real. And if we choose to walk in fear, what we're doing is we're making a down payment and paying interest on something you will never own. Fear is not your future. I'm talking to somebody here now. By the Spirit of God, God break free over the lives of your sons and daughters. Every stronghold of fear, trepidation, and anxiety. God has not given you a spirit of fear. And if you walk in fear, what you are entertaining, again, is something that's not of God. Rudyard Kipling said it this way, of all the liars in the world, our fears, the worst are our own fears. There are many liars in the world, but the worst liar you will ever encounter is your own fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but notice what the scripture says he did give us. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what he has given us is a spirit of power. What he has given us is a spirit of love. Listen to me. Even to love the unlovable. It's the kind of love that doesn't only love Jesus, but it's the kind of love that also loves Judas. That kind of love comes only from God. You can't walk in that kind of love unless you're connected to the source. And I've said it here at this church before, and it bears repeating. For those of us who are quick to write people off, and those of us who subscribe to this paradigm that if somebody can walk out of your life, they ain't a part of your future. Are you sure? Because if that's true, then what do we do with the prodigal son? Because he squandered all of his father's possessions on riotous living. And Jesus said, this is a picture of the kingdom, Luke chapter 15. And when the prodigal son came to his senses and started to make his way home, the scripture says his father ran to meet him. And he put the robe on him, signifying righteousness or right standing. He put the ring, the signet ring on his finger, signifying authority. And he put the sandals on his feet, saying, you can now go in my name. Listen to me. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. He said, well, that's the prodigal son. Okay. okay. Uh, so uh, what do we do with Peter? Who denied Jesus three times at his most vulnerable hour. And if Jesus could have picked anybody to be the head of the church... Why didn't he pick John, who was at the cross, the only disciple at the cross with Jesus? No, he picked Peter, who denied him three times. And he didn't only pick Peter; he put Peter in charge of the entire church. <laughs> For those of us who like to write people off, oh, here's what, here's what we're here. Out of about the of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Listen, he gives us the spirit of power, not fear. Power but also love, the God kind of love. Only the Spirit of God can do that in me and in you, because what we want to do is not just write them off. We want them dead. Oh, what about, what, about, what about Paul, who wrote two-thirds of this New Testament, who fell out with his traveling companion, Barnabas, over a young man named John Mark, who said, this guy's too weak. He ain't ministry material. And at the end of his life, he says, send John Mark to me because he is profitable to me for the ministry. For those of us who say, if somebody can walk out of your life, they're not a part of your future. I can give you more witnesses from scripture where that kind of thinking is untrue notice what the scripture says the spirit of God gives us as I close this this series <laughs> I gotta say it all i will go leave it all right here 2nd Timothy it says he gives us a spirit of power a spirit of love and a sound mind now listen to me I like that translation But the NIV really helps us. Because in the NIV, this is what it says. Let's put the NIV up there. For the Spirit of God gave the Spirit, for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid. But he gives us power. He gives us love. And what? Self-discipline. Self-discipline. Spirit of God will help you. Cultivate discipline in the areas where you're weakest. Are y'all with me? The challenge is, am I connected to the source? If I'm not connected to the source, I don't care how many times I change that light bulb. In fact, I don't care how many times I replace that lantern and bring another one. No lights come on until you're connected to the source. The advantage and the power you and I need to walk in self-discipline comes from the Spirit of God who lives within us. Are you all with me? All right, so here it is. Most of life's fears, most of life's fears originate in challenges That seem insurmountable. There's a reason I'm saying this. There's a reason I'm saying this. It says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But I want to talk about this momentarily. Fear is false evidence appearing real. But the origin of most fears are challenges that seem insurmountable. You think you can't get over it. The mountain seems so big and you're overwhelmed and you become anxious over it. It seems insurmountable. You know, the word challenge, the word challenge is an old French word which means false accusation. Life's challenges are really false accusations. In fact, the scripture calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. The voices that you hear that are accusing you are false accusations. The voices that say you will never amount to much, you will not get out of this, those are false accusations. And at the root of every challenge is a lie. Notice what the scripture says in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren, again, that's what the name Satan means. Satan means accuser or slanderer. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God. Notice, he accuses God's sons and daughters before him night and day never takes a day off, yet the Spirit of God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Every challenge you see in front of you is a false accusation against you. It is not true. And this is how you know it's not true because if it's coming from the enemy, the scripture says that he is a liar and the father of lies. And it is impossible for him to speak the truth. Meaning everything that Satan has spoken against you and to you is a. So why are we believing it? Why do we accept it? Why? God wants to help us this morning to break free from the lies that have held us back. When, when, when they train lion, I mean elephants, in, in India, what they do is they, they tie the rope to the elephant's leg, and I think they tie it to a tree, and it can only go so far. And they condition it to believe that it can only go so far. Because they only put so much slack in the rope And every time it tugs against the rope, it thinks it can't go any farther. Over time, it's conditioned to stay only in the environment where it has walked. So they take the rope off the elephant's leg, and guess what the elephant does? It only goes as far as it always has been, not realizing it's free. And I'm wondering, how have we allowed the enemy to condition us to believe you can only go so far and no more? That's why Zig Ziglar said, every child is born to win, but along the way, many are conditioned to lose. Conditioned to lose. You can only go so far. And the problem is, many of us have believed the lie. All right, so here we go. Let me let y'all go over our impulses. Over our impulses. Ha! Over our impulses. Can I help somebody this morning? We have divine help when we feel helpless. Romans chapter 7, verses 21 and 25. From the Passion Translation, it says, Through my experience of this principle, I discover... That even when I want to do good, heck, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. And even Jesus said it this way, the spirit is willing, it's the flesh that's weak. Impulses, impulses. Hey, I need to talk to somebody. Uh, I need to talk to somebody this morning. Because the longer you self-medicate, the longer you delay God's healing process. When you self-medicate, you delay God's healing process. And all of us in this room have our drug of choice when life becomes painful. Impulses. And the problem with impulses, It's when I act out When you act out Then you have remorse But the remorse is short-lived And when the remorse is short-lived I rationalize my actions I justify what I did So remorse is momentary I rationalize my actions And guess what happens next The next thing is repetition Short-lived remorse followed by rationalization. I justify my impulses. I explain why I did what I did and why I like what I like and why I pursue what I pursue. And so remorse, if it's, listen to me, remorse that is not repentance. Remorse that is not repentance will lead to rationalization. You're going to justify what you just did and why you always do it and when we rationalize our impulses listen to me it leads to repetition y'all ready for this the danger of repetition the danger and the allure and the attraction of repetition is it produces relief you're not talking to me in this presbyterian church The reason you keep going back to it, like the scripture says, a dog that goes back to its vomit, is because it brings relief. It makes me feel better. I self-medicate, so I have delayed God's healing process because I have not invited God into my impulses. I don't fix it in myself. But guess what happens to that relief? Short-lived. And because the relief feels good, I've got to repeat the behavior. Because life is so painful, I can't keep going like this. So I repeat! No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. I feel relief. But right after the relief comes the remorse. But there's remorse with no repentance. So I rationalize what I did. So then I repeat what I did. And when I repeat what I did, it brings relief. But the relief is temporary. And in that temporary state, life gets painful again. So I feel remorse, but I don't repent. So I repeat. I rationalize. And when I justify it, when I make it okay, then I repeat it. And the problem is, if I don't break the cycle Between relief and repetition, if I don't break the cycle between relief and repetition, it leads to ruin. Oh, it will destroy you. Make no mistake about it. It will destroy you. Paul says, there's something in me that wants to do right. He says, the good I want to do, I don't do it. The evil I don't want to do, that's what I keep finding myself doing. Paul, like Brittany, oops, I did it again. (laughs) Oops, I did it again. Y'all like that, didn't they? Right there, (laughs) No, I gotta let y'all go, let me let y'all go. I'm about to, my impulses. He said, he says, truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God, but I discern another power operating in my humanity. And it's waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience, and it's bringing me into captivity as a prisoner of the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I'm in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from this unwelcome intruder of sin and death? He's asking this question, but he already knows the answer. He says, I give all my thanks to God, for his mighty power has finally provided a way out. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and it is submitted to God's righteous principles. You know why? Because God has not just given us a spirit of, God has not given us spirit, but what he has given us a spirit of power, of love, self-discipline. Are oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? Say this with me. You can do it. <laughs> Hit y'all with a little Adam Sandler. Okay, so that's our impulses. Can, can I just finish this? Can I finish it and then I'll let y'all go? There it is. Say that one more time, Eddie. Take your time. Take your time. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. He gives us self-control not only over our impulses, but y- y'all ready for this one? Over our emotions. Heesh, heesh, heesh. For those of us who live in our feelings. <laughs> and my wife has famously said, the problem with emotions is emotions don't have a brain. Thank you, at all. Heesh. And so this is how we say it here at Converge Church. Hmm? Uh, The more emotional you are, the less rational you become. When you allow your feelings to lead you, you're not thinking clearly. You're not thinking rationally. And that's why Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm talking about self-control. You see what he said in Ephesians chapter 4? He said, be angry. Do not sin. What Paul didn't say is, don't be angry. He said, be angry. Because anger, when it is healthy, not toxic, is a God-given emotion that alerts you that something or someone you care about deeply is being mistreated. Anger, when it is healthy, ain't bad. The problem is what we do with our anger. Because in our anger... Without self-control, we sin. You see what he said? Be angry, but don't allow it to be an occasion to sin. He's saying, process your emotions in a healthy way. Be angry about it because it's wrong. Be angry about it because you were mistreated. But in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, don't, just in case it's too ambiguous. In your anger, don't cuss them out. In your anger, don't key their car. In your anger, don't put sugar in their tank. In your anger, don't start cooking hot grits while you're. Just in case this was ambiguous, be angry, do not sin. And he gives us a quick lesson in how we do that. Can I just talk to y'all? Let me just talk to y'all before I let y'all go home. He says, this is how you do that. He says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because the longer you hold on to what made you angry, the bigger it gets. If you allow it to fester, it will take on a life of its own. Are y'all with me? Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. You know what he's saying? If you're somebody who lets lets anger and unresolved conflict linger, ultimately what you're doing is you're giving place to the devil. Uh, The word translated in the Greek, the word picture, is a beachhead. So if you've ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan, The reason the Nazi soldiers were fighting so much and they had their big guns at Normandy and they didn't want the allied troops to land or the US soldiers to land is because that was a beachhead, meaning if we allow these guys to land, they will have access to the rest of the country. What Paul is saying is, when you let the sun go down on your wrath, what you're doing is you're giving the enemy A nice, cushy landing spot in your emotions. And let me tell you how he takes advantage of you. Because you internalize your anger and you won't deal with it, you start to believe the story you've been telling yourself in your head. And the story that you're telling yourself in your head may or may not be true. I told you I was going to let y'all go. In our emotions. He says, be angry and sin not. He gives us the ability to be angry and not sin in the process. Number three, and I'm going to let y'all go. I'm just going to read this. Our behaviors that are self-destructive. Behaviors. Behaviors I, I say this to our church, and I tell our single people all the time, <laughs> Don't just date potential. You better give that thing enough time to observe some patterns. Oh Oh, he got so much potential, girl. Oh, he makes six figures, girl. But you haven't given the relationship enough time to observe his patterns. Listen to me. Potential speaks to what is possible. Patterns speak to what is predictable. Hmm? So most people look at the potential. They look at the shiny thing, but they don't give themselves enough time to look at their patterns because patterns are predictable. He said they were going to be here, but he had an excuse. I can't count on him. He doesn't show up, but he got all this potential. Girl, he fine. Uh, uh, y'all know how y'all say it when y'all pop your tongue? I can't even do it. Uh, there it is, come on, somebody. Like, girl, he fi- Hold up now, hold up now. Uh, and then you, 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 you make commitments based only on their potential. Because you see what's possible, if I'm with this person, I see what's possible, but you ain't looked at the patterns. Uh, It happens all the time in sports, all the time in sports. Uh, An athlete has great potential. Uh, And so they sign him, only to get to the team. And the same patterns that they had in high school, the discipline issues they bring forward to college, and they bring it forward to the pros. And listen to me, patterns are predictable. Potential speaks to what's possible, Patterns speak to what's predictable. And listen to me, if it's predictable, it's preventable. Behaviors. That's where most of us get stuck. We ignored the patterns. But the patterns were always there. And the patterns were predictable. But if it's predictable, it's also preventable. And one of the best way to prevent patterns is to politely excuse yourself from that foolishness and mayhem that is inevitable. Your behaviors. I just saved somebody' relationship. I sense it in the spirit. Come. <laughs> that resonated with you, didn't you? y'all go. Y'all, y'all need to stop this. Y'all need to stop this. What, what was I say? Potential, potential, potential. Your, 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 your patterns are seeds of self-sabotage. Ain't nobody doing it to you. Ain't nobody doing it to you. You're doing it to yourself. If you don't stay connected to the source where you exchange selfishness for self-control, it will end in self-sabotage. So I promise you, this is my... Which close is this? It's my first and only, first and only. So we all, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Uh, This is where I won't close. Our behaviors, our behaviors, our patterns. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Let me read it from the Passion. I was going to read it to you in two translations, but I got to let y'all go. It says, isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win? But only one receives the victor's prize. Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. And that's God's charge to us today. A true athlete will be what? Disciplined in every respect. Practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. Remember the definition of self-control? It is the ability to manage my impulses, my emotions, and my behaviors to reach a long-term goal. If we lose sight of what's ahead, if we lose sight of what's beyond now, anything will do. Yet he says, but we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. There is an eternal vision beyond what I'm going through now. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches. Earl Spence. Oh, my bad, my bad. Wow. Most of y'all, y'all don't know who Earl Spence is? Oh, y'all know. Are y'all mourning? Okay, let me leave that alone. He said, I don't just run for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body. I subdue my body, and I get it under control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. So that after preaching the gospel to others, I myself won't be disqualified. Listen to me. You can start playing now. <laughs> yeah. We close this series with self control. Because without love, first, and self-control. This is what my life looks like. I try to have joy. I try to have peace and patience and goodness and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness, but without love and without self-control, without the ability to manage my impulses, my emotions, and my behaviors, none of these things are possible. Yet he says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but what he has given us. What we do have access to is love, power, and self-discipline. The ability to say no when everything in me wants to say yes. So, Father, would you do that in us right now? Father, I pray that you would help us by the power of the Holy Spirit that we will no longer sacrifice the ultimate for something that is immediate. That God, we will no longer sacrifice what we want most for what we want now. Father, we pray that we would never, ever be like Esau despising the precious Just because of something we we want now. That we would never exaggerate our circumstances because of fear. God, we will choose your way. Even if it means a little bit of a delay, even though it means I might have to wait, even though it means I might have to deny myself momentarily, your way is best. We trust you to do that in our lives now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Amen. All right, we're about to be dismissed. Hold on one quick second, but I got one quick order of business. Keep playing. One quick order of business. Uh, Listen, we're one of those uh, churches that we believe in giving honor to whom honor is due. And uh, this morning, we want to give honor to a young man uh, who has been an incredible gift to our church an outstanding consummate servant leader, one of those do whatever needs to be done, do whatever it needs, whatever it takes. The guy is like a real life Swiss army knife. But listen, he's making some decisions that are gonna radically transform his life and the trajectory of his life professionally. And those decisions are taking him away from us uh, temporarily, temporarily but we wanted to make sure we sent him out with our prayers. Uh, uh, Stephen Jenkins, why don't you come? And uh, why don't you come right here? Come right here, come right here. Uh, Stephen will be relocating, he'll be relocating to Denver uh, because he's going to be um, uh, participating in a program, uh, uh, is it like a Pilots Academy with Southwest Airlines? And yes sir. And so one of these days soon, that voice you hear over the intercom on your Southwest Airlines flight is going to be this voice. Say something so they can recognize your voice now. I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. So this is what we want to do. This is what we do. I don't just want to pray for Stephen. But all my brothers from Fight Club, Converge Men. Why don't we come and surround this man of God? All of our converged men, fight club. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's make our way down here and pray for this man of God. Surround him with faith. Yeah, surround him with your love. Surround him with your grace. Because we are a church where no man is left behind. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's get in a little closer. Y'all surround him. Get in the middle. In Jesus' name. Father, as we lay hands on Stephen. We do so in obedience to your word. God, I thank you that you go before Stephen to make every crooked path straight. That, God, you will cause rivers to flow in places that were once deserted and barren and desolate. God, go before him and make every mountain a plain and cause the works of his hands to prosper. God, I thank you that your goodness and your mercy will follow him all the days of his life. That he will be above only and not beneath the head and not the tail. We thank you for uncommon favor according to Psalm 5 and verse 12 that you will surround him with favor like a shield and that no weapon formed against your manservant will prosper. Every tongue that rises against him in judgment shall be condemned. Father, I thank you for giving him strength for the journey ahead self-control to be diligent and disciplined father thank you for what you will do through his life may his life bring great glory and honor to your name in Jesus name and everyone said, amen and amen amen and amen Thank you guys so much. Why don't y'all stay down here? Pastor Jesse's going to come. Don't leave. Just stay right here with Stephen. Don't leave. Y'all stay right here. And then Pastor Jesse's going to come. Why don't you stand as Pastor Jesse comes? Amen. And bless him out? Thank God. No, y'all can <laughs> turn around that way. My bad.
3: You know, Pastor mentioned something to us today. He said, we are to stay connected. I don't know about you, but for me, it is a challenge every day to stay connected. This world is designed to keep you distracted and not connected. So we just want to give you that word. Set your mind this week on staying connected to God. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for the word. We ask you to help us to receive it, to hold it, and to live it, and to express it. God, the mind this week to stay connected to the spirit of God. God, that we might live the life you have given us. In Jesus' name, let's all say together. Amen. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get
4: up. If you were impacted by today's
0: worship experience, would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, would love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text CONVERGE GIVE and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converged Church Plano, and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.